special guest today is Holly Cornetto. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. You're very welcome. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Holly, and how you got started in the horror genre? Um, yeah, so I guess I've always been a reader. When I was young, um, I always grew up reading. My mom was an avid reader, so I kind of grew up just that was my default hobby. Yeah. Um, we used to go and like buy books at the used bookstores and at thrift stores and things and um, would trade them. I think I started probably horror with Goosebumps. So that's really like where I think my love of the genre began um when i got to the point where i was older um i was um, i got my library science degree um, and i had gone back to reading fiction because it had been a few years in college Um, i hadn't read much fiction um, mostly nonfiction because i studied history Uh, but then when i became a librarian i went back to reading fiction and kind of rediscovered that love of fiction and decided hey you know what i i want to try my hand at writing and The first few things I wrote uh, weren't horror. Um, I wrote a little bit of fantasy, uh, even some literary stuff here and there. Um, But I kind of, you know, focused in on that that adage that they say, you know, to write the story that you want to read. And I finally just gave myself permission to to write a horror story. Um, And it was one of the best things at that point, you know, that I had ever written. So I think after that and just seeing that, I don't know if it was better because I enjoyed it more or if it was better because objectively as a fan of horror, I'm going to like horror stories more. Yeah. Um, But yeah, maybe it's all in my mind, but that that's kind of. Um, what got me on that path. And then after I wrote that initial horror story, um, I've pretty much stuck with horror since. Um, yeah. Then I went off sci-fi or fantasy here and there, but mostly mostly horror at this point. <laughs> yeah, I think if you, if you love a specific genre, you will write better in that genre. Yeah, I tend to agree because I think, too, that a lot of what makes great writing is like reading and and being familiar with the tropes that people associate with your genre and being familiar with the classic stories, um, things like that. And and because I've read so much horror in in my lifetime, I feel like I, I know I mean, I won't say I know everything because I don't read every single you know thing that comes out, but it helped me like kind of get a feel for what works in the genre. Yeah, that's right. So what was the first horror story that you wrote? Um, well, the first one that I wrote was actually a story called Forest Man, um, which was published by Erie River Publishing in an anthology that they had called uh, It Calls from the Forest. Yeah. Um, and it was funny because that particular story um, had gotten a lot of feedback and reviews and people were like, oh, I loved this story. I loved the story. It was my favorite one in the collection. So I ended up expanding that story. And that short story is actually what became my first novella, um, just an expanded version of it. Yeah. How did that one go for you once you'd extended it? It was really good. It was one of those things where like the characters, like, if you know, when you're writing, sometimes like you have characters that just stay with you. Yeah. Um, so these characters did like I kept wanting to go back. And and so turning that into a novella was great. Um, it helped me to write something longer because that was the first like 
really longer piece of fiction I had written at that point. So the fact that I already had the short story to help map it out was good um, because different writers write different ways. I mean, obviously we all have different processes, um, but for me, I like to outline. Um, yeah. I'm kind of like a planner. <laughs> and so um, for me, having the short story kind of served as an outline. And so, um, yeah, I put that down and I still I still have plans actually for a sequel for that because those characters still haven't really let me go yet. They keep talking to me, which, you know, some people might say makes me crazy hearing voices, but <laughs> I think it's part of being a writer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you created those characters so you're allowed with that <laughs> yeah so just voices in my head that I made up it's fine I'm just talking to my imaginary friends we're cool <laughs> not insane okay so have you got any specific writing routine or a ritual that lets you get into the horror mindset well I I like music so I often when I'm writing something I try to put together some kind of playlist um so right now um I'm working on a novel that is set in the 90s. So I have this extensive list of 90s like music that I, I put on and listen to when I'm writing that specific uh, work. I have another one that I was writing a piece that was set in Alabama. And so it had a lot of like, I don't know, like dark country, like that kind of Southern roots, American South um, it kind of vibe to it. But that's really one of the things that helps me like feel like in, in a particular mood, it helps me set the mood. But in terms of like practical things, um, I often, my husband writes as well. So we often pack up and go to like a coffee shop or a cafe or something for our writing because at home, like there's just too many distractions. Like I cannot concentrate when I'm at my house. I've got kids, I've got dogs, I've got a mountain of laundry um, waiting for me. I've got dirty dishes glaring at me from the sink. Um, so it's really hard for me to like, just sit down and, and say, I'm gonna write. But if we go out, you know, if I take the trouble to get in the car and drive somewhere, you know, I, it, I feel like there's a little bit of pressure there that, okay, you know, I'm not going to have left my house for nothing. You know, I came all the way here, so I've got to be productive. Yeah. And, and it's little, little bits of pressure like that that help me, um, you know, because it, it's hard to prioritize writing sometimes when you're busy. Um, but if you set aside that time and, and you kind of pressure yourself to do it, it, it tends to work out better, at least for me. Yeah. So do you use any particular tools or software to help you organize? Because I know you said you, you're a plotter. No, <laughs> I don't. I am. I am a I have. Um, we'll see. It is. It is organized chaos. I don't know. Um, I really I really I use Word mostly. Um, and I mean, I keep folders and stuff. So I have like a folder for each work in progress. And then um, I have like a master document for whatever that work in progress is where I add things um, after, you know, to put it all together. But I tend to open small documents and write like a chapter or something at a time um, in those individual documents. Yeah. I tried using Google uh, Docs before. Um, and sometimes I do that depending on the project, because um, if I'm working 
on different computers and I want it to be easy to access from device to device, I'll tend to do Google Docs just because it's convenient like that. Yeah. But I, I don't have any kind of fancy system. Like I, I really wish I did. <laughs> I, I feel like I would be more like official and writery <laughs> if I had like <laughs> it's like okay. I use Scrivener. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. I was speaking to somebody earlier on today and they use their uh, patio doors and uh, whiteboard pens. So that's perfectly fine. (laughs) Oh, wow. I see see the appeal of that. Every now and then I like to pick up if I'm if I am somewhere and I have absolutely no access to a keyboard and an idea strikes me, I will pick up a pen and whatever surface I have to write on and get it down (laughs) right then. So I feel that. I feel that. It's a good way of doing it. So can you describe any sort of like themes or messages that you often explore in your work, either by accident or deliberately? Um, Well, (laughs) deliberately, I think um, a lot of my stories have protagonists who are young people. Um, So when I say young people, I mean, I think... I think um, the younger end might be like 12-ish and the older end of of my major characters tends to top out like in their late teens. Um, I do I do have one character who's older than that, but primarily I write young people. And, and I think there's a lot of reasons, but I grew up in the American South um, and where I grew up, there was a lot of like um fundamentalist religion um and a lot of things like that and i i went to a lot of different like you know uh churches and i've been to churches where they speak in tongues and where they do like snake handling and stuff like that and i i think i look back as an adult on parts of my childhood and, and i'm kind of horrified by the things that i went through that at the time seemed perfectly normal because i i didn't know any better yeah. Um, and, and it scares me. And so I, I deal with those themes a lot. I think of like a child who or a young person who is kind of like learning about the world on their own terms for the first time or, you know, discover something horrifying that's going on um, because, you know, it, it's it can be a scary world when you're a kid and you're kind of vulnerable to like the adults around you. Like they kind of make all the decisions on your behalf. And I mean, if you if you're lucky and and you have um, good parents and, you know, people who care about you, then I think, you know, that that could be a good thing. Um, But there are cases where, you know, there's always stuff that happens and, you know, kids still have that wonder about them. They still believe that things like monsters, you know, lurking in the forest could be real. Um, and I think you lose some of that as an adult. You know, you you don't you don't fear the monster in the closet anymore. So I'm, I'm intrigued by young characters for for all of these reasons. I think so. Yeah. I think that might be a recurring theme in my work is is just like you know the horrors of childhood, either real or imagined. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people do put their experiences in their books. So yeah, that would be your experience, wouldn't it? Really. Yeah, in a way, yeah. I mean, I, I have never, thankfully, been through anything as horrific as my character's experience, um, because obviously it's fiction, and you want to, you know, in horror, you want to push 
as far as you can, you know. So yeah. luckily, I haven't experienced anything quite as as terrible as my characters do. But that's definitely where that inspiration comes from, you know, that whole, well, let's let's see what happens if we put them in this situation. Yeah. So how do you decide on the settings for the stories? Um, that's a harder one. So I think that it, it, it to some point becomes what feels right. Because for me, um, I have, so my novella takes place in um, New Jersey, which is where I currently live. And part of the reason for that is the story itself was inspired by some of the areas nearby me. So we have these um, communities that were like vacation homes once upon a time, little log cabins surrounding um, lakes mm-hmm. where like uh, wealthy families used to come or families who lived in New York City, because I'm not, I'm not that far away from New York City. Um, families used to come here and like spend their summers at the lake. Um, and I was really intrigued by that because, you know, growing up in Alabama, I'd never seen anything like that. Um, so for, for that story, it was really that whole like lake community and spending a summer at the lake that sort of, I guess, was the spark for that story. It's like, hmm. And so it, for me, that was a no brainer that I had to set it here in New Jersey because that's where I initially had the yeah. spark. Um, some of my other stories, um, like my novel uh, that came out earlier this year, is set in Alabama. And uh, part of the reason for that is because obviously that's where I grew up. So um, I was kind of exploring that. Um, and because I, I enjoy um, some fiction that's set in the South, um, in the American South, I, I like that vibe, the whole Southern Gothic thing. Um, but I feel like there's... I feel like some of it's out, outdated a bit, like the way that we used to consider uh, Southern Gothic doesn't yeah. always match up to the way that people in the South currently live and the way I grew up. Um, so I wanted to kind of show that, too, because there are desperate situations with people in poverty, people just scraping by, you know, trying to trying to get by day to day and live their lives. Um, and, and, you know, there's. <laughs> There's good and bad in that, because when people are desperate, um, you know, they can be a little more susceptible to doing things we might not normally do. Yeah. So I like those ideas in that environment. Um, and I liked for this particular book, it's set in a trailer park in Alabama. And, and I kind of wanted to explore that um, because I, I just I think these are people and characters that don't get the spotlight a lot. So I wanted to show them in all their like gritty glory, the good and the bad. Yeah. So that's kind of, I guess, where where the setting for that came from. Um, and those are those are the big ones for short stories. It really just depends on who the character is and what kind of obstacles I'm going to put them up against. So, you know, certain social issues, it might be a story better set in the American South for, you know, other types of stories, maybe not. Um, I don't think I've ever set any story outside of the U.S., though. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> try try setting one in the U.K. with the weather. You know, <laughs> I, I would love to, but I know so little about the U.K. Um, that I would feel like, you know, like like I would need to to do a lot of research to do that. I want to visit, though. 
I, it's on my list of places to see. <laughs> Maybe, then. Maybe then. I don't know why. <laughs> I like to travel. I've, I've been to um, Ireland, which was lovely. Um, I've been to New Zealand, which was lovely. Um, so I think Scotland and, uh, and England are, are both on my list. So, um, right. So what's been the hardest part or um, difficultest part in a scene that you've ever had to write? Um, I think it's knowing how far to go with things like violence. Um, you know, I have in, in my, in, in the latest novel, um, there, there's some violence against a young girl. Um, her, her, she's physically assaulted. And um, then there's also a sacrifice with, with or a, a scene with animals um, where I don't want it to be so extreme that people cringe when they read it. I mean, I know it's horror, but it's a personal preference of mine. Um, yeah. So I try to like mirror my own preferences in what I write. So um, it was something where it's a difficult balance because you need it to be horrifying enough to get your point across and to have the reader feel something, you know, even if it's just feel sympathy for the characters who are going through it. Um, but I also, I don't want it to be so graphically written and so horrifying that, you know, somebody has to put the book down because they, they can't keep on with it. Um, yeah. And also, I don't like to read like scenes of like, you know, explicit torture and things like that. Um, I can't, you know, as, as a horror writer, like I know we all have our limits as readers and writers. And for me, that's that's my limit, um, because those are the visuals that I can't get out of my head when I lay down at night. Um, so for me, yeah, it's definitely balancing that um, and still making it horrific enough that it's, you know, actually horror, you know, that it is something that, you know, readers will have a, an emotional response to. So I think for me, definitely the most difficult part is that balance. And then specifically in the book I wrote there, like I said, a couple of scenes with animals and young girls. And it's really heartbreaking for those characters. And it was it was hard to write. It was hard to write. Okay, so can you talk about one of your most popular books and why you think it admit, why you think it was popular? Um, well, okay, so my I guess the most recent uh, release it came out in June. It's called They Are Cursed Like You. Um, it is the one I've been talking about. Uh, Trailer Park Witches, book one. So it's. Um, book one in what's going to be a three book series and um i think that it's gotten some good attention um so far the reviews have been good i've been getting messages from readers um you know saying oh my gosh you know i can't wait for the next book and things like that yeah. um and for me i think that the big thing is um that my characters are flawed but at the end of the day um readers tend to like them um, perhaps because they have flaws, um, they're not perfect people, um, and they're in a very imperfect situation. Um, so they struggle, and their struggles are real and human. Um, all the while, you know, there are supernatural elements. Obviously, we're talking about witches, so they get involved with magic. Um, there are those elements there as well. So it's 
an it's an interesting balance trying to make sure that your characters feel well realized and are likable while also sometimes making bad choices and doing terrible things. Yeah. So I think that most of the positive feedback that I've gotten about it has been, you know, that the character work is solid that you know people like following the characters that they like that the story doesn't pull back that it is bloody and gory and it it's a little gritty um and so the other i guess the other compliment that it's gotten is that it's it's very it's quickly paced so um it's a quick read like you could pick it up and and read through it get kind of sucked in and read through it in like a day or two um because it's you know, it flows like I, it's important to me in, in everything I write that there aren't big lulls um, because I've read books that were very long that one of my critiques would be, you know, that this could have been like 100 pages shorter. Yeah. Um, and I never want anyone to say that about my own books. <laughs> I never want them to get to the middle and be like, oh, my gosh, this is boring and put it down. Um, I want the reader to be sucked in from the moment that they, you know, turn the first page and just feel like they have to carry through to the end. Yeah, I think every author wants that, don't they? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, you know, like I said, I, I've, I've picked up some some books that were like, you know, 800, 900 plus pages um, where, you know, I have to put them down for a while and take a break from them. But um, yeah, that's just, you know, it's not for me. I like one of the things I like about horror is that, you know, you have that sense of suspense and dread and terror. And I think that short form works really well for those emotions. So things like short stories, novellas and short novels, um, because you can keep that tension alive. You know, you can keep that suspense going, you know, over those page, uh, those page limits. Yeah. So I know you've touched on it a little bit, but so have you got a memorable piece of feedback from a reader that's made an impact on you? Um, you know, um, a couple. <laughs> um, so I'll say that um, it was really amazing, like the, the some of the first times that people were reading my books and, and they were like, you know, um, putting up reviews and things but I think like getting like a, a private message from a reader like via Facebook or something where they say you know I, I just finished this book and oh my god but but one of them had told me that he when he ended the book he said it, it felt like he was leaving behind like friends like these were like people that he really knew he said you know I, I felt like, you know, these were these were pals that I had apart from. And he said uh, the, the, the end of his statement was hurry up with book two. <laughs> so I think that was great for me because, um, you know, having released a novel in, in book one in a series, like you start working on the second book while you're seeing like the first book, like people read it and, you know, respond to it. Yeah. Um, so for me, like I had been in a bit of a, a slump, like a little bit of a lull, uh, because my real life had gotten busy. My professional life, had, well, I say real life, but my professional life had gotten busy. Um, so it was really easy for me to be like, oh, well, I'll work on the story later. I'll work on the story later. But when you have people that say, you know, oh my gosh, you know, I loved this. I can't wait for the second book. It really like kind of lights that fire under you that, okay, I've got to get this out because people, people are waiting for it. You know, people yeah. want this. So it, it's very validating. And uh, that's probably like 
my favorite type of experience to have. Fantastic. So are there any exciting projects that you're currently working on? Well, yes. <laughs> so I actually have um, two novels in progress right now. Um, one of them is the sequel to the the Trailer Park Witches, which um, is, the, like I said, the most recent release. So book two in that series I'm working on, and I'm really excited because it takes place in the 90s. Um, and that, you know, is a period in which I grew up. Um, heavily influenced. I think this whole series is heavily influenced by the movie The Craft, are you familiar with the movie? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I was, when I was a young, impressionable teenager, um, that movie was released in theaters and I just loved the the whole vibe, like the female rage, like these, these girls who were doing things that women aren't quote unquote supposed to do um, and, and just seeing them be angry and seeing them, you know, just charge it head on was something that... I loved it really resonated with me and it stuck with me for all these years. So um, the prequel for, for this book, the, the book two in the series is set in the nineties. So I'm really excited about that. I've been having fun with that kind of revisiting my own like experience in the nineties and growing up and trying to infuse that into the story. Um, and then the other novel that I'm working on um is a standalone novel and it's also set in the south it's also set in alabama um the tentative title of that one is um heaven's lake and it's based on a short story that i had written another one that you know people had said oh you should expand on this it's really good and i kind of you know ruminated on it for a while and i was like you know what yes there is more to this story um so both of those are my works in progress at the moment and i'm 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 excited about both of them for different reasons. Um, more excited, I think, about the Trailer Park Witches at this point, just because I'm getting that feedback from readers now, starting to get reviews in now and things, um, and just seeing people being excited about it makes me even more excited to want to work on the project. Yeah. It, uh, when you get things like that, it does make you really excited, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, because like it's hard sometimes. Like, I don't know about other writers. I can only speak for myself. But, you know, sometimes it's easy to get down on yourself, you know, that you see other people who are, you know, writing and succeeding and publishing lots of things. And sometimes it's easy for that, like, you know, imposter syndrome to creep in and to be like, oh, you're not doing enough or, you know, you don't write as well as as this writer or, you know, whatever the case may be. And it's easy to get discouraged. Um, so having that, like the positive feedback and the validation, it really quiets those voices and, you know, makes you think, you know what, it doesn't matter because somebody somewhere likes what you're doing. So, you know, stop feeling sorry for yourself and do it. <laughs> That's right. I mean, one person might love your book, another person might hate it. But at the end of the day, you're not really after the person that hates it. That's not your audience. Yes, absolutely. Because I think with with my book, with the with the trailer park, which is um, the the characters in here are they're they're almost exclusively female. Um, all of the main characters are female um, and um, a lot of them are queer. And um, I think like I had some reviewers who messaged me and like, why are they all, you know, this way or why? Why is this the case? And I have to tell myself, you know, those people weren't going to like the story anyway. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like once you, you cross it off because they are all female or they are queer or whatever the case is and whatever you're writing, if you have people that criticize it for those things, then those aren't your readers. Those are, those are other people's readers. Yeah. And I, I think, yeah, like you said, it's a big part of that, that you're not going to get, you're not going to win those people over anyway. That's right. So have you, um, what advice would you give to aspiring writers who want to break into the horror genre? I think for me, the, the first and foremost thing I would say is make sure that you have something that you can work on that you feel good about you know, passionate about working on and complete it. Um, I know a lot of writers because I I teach creative writing. So I I do meet a lot of um, aspiring writers and and newer writers. And many of them, they want to write and they like the idea of writing, but they might say, you know, I haven't finished a story yet. Um, And there's a lot of different reasons why people don't finish when they start sometimes they read their prose and they get discouraged and they think I don't know what I'm doing or you know things like that and I'll say that you know nobody knows what they're doing at first or at least if they do I don't know who those people are um and that we all write really bad first drafts like there may be somebody out there who can produce a perfect story on their first try but for most of us it's a process and, and, you know, writing a draft is, is not even half the work you get your draft written and that's great, but then you've got to revise it and you've got to get feedback and you've got to revise it again. So you can't compare your rough draft to a polished, finished, published piece, you know, by a writer who's got many, many more years of experience than you. Um, It's just not, you know, it, it, Writing isn't necessarily a talent that you're born with. Um, you know, some people develop the skill at it, but it's it's like any other skill. It's like playing a sport or any other thing that you do. The more you practice and the more you time that you invest into it, the better you're going to get. And your first story isn't going to be your best story. And that's OK. So write it, get it over with, polish it up so that you can move on to writing better things. That's right. So where can we find your books, Holly? All right. Well, um, they're on Amazon. So my novella is called We Haunt These Woods, and it was published by Bleeding Edge Books in 2022. And my novel is They Are Cursed Like You, and it was published by Erie River Publishing in June of 2023. They're both available on Amazon, or you can visit my website, hollycornetto.com, and I have links to those on my homepage. That's fantastic. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you very much for accepting my offer. I appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. I was very flattered. You're very welcome. You're a horror writer, and it's like I say, every horror writer deserves to shine and have a voice. 
I appreciate that. I think one of the most difficult things about writing is getting your name out there, you know, having people know who you are. Um, you know, if you've got a great book, that's great. But if no one knows about it, they're not going to read it. So it's hard. So I appreciate what you do. Thank you for spotlighting horror authors, because it, it is it is a tough market out there. <laughs> it's, it's a tough market. It's hard to market yourself and trying to get yourself noticed. So, yeah, I totally agree. 